4: And welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the Weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, X and on Twitch. So good evening if you're watching along live. Our podcast is supported by our loyal Patreon community. Without you, we couldn't make the show each week. So thank you again as always. Coming up this week on the podcast, it was the return of the Late Late Show at St Andrews. Saints edging a seven goal thriller at Birmingham. There is so much to discuss with the panel. This episode, and there are two home games coming up this week. First, Preston North End on Wednesday. Ollie Hargreaves from the Butter Pie Podcast is going to join us later on to help preview that one. There was also an FA Cup game at Liverpool earlier in the week. We'll look back over that defeat at Anfield too. My name is Martin Stark, and joining me this week, Steve Grant, the owner of Saints Web, Glenda Lacour, writer of the blog League One Minus Ten, and Alfie House, senior Southampton reporter for the daily echo underpinned by our tsp patrons this is episode 269 of the total saints podcast your home for everything southampton fc from dedicated saints insight to exclusive interviews live on youtube every sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts this is the total saints podcast Now, we start as always with the shout out to our Patreon community because their monthly contributions support our show. There are four tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And as well as supporting the podcast, each of the tiers has different perks. You get access to a special ad-free version of the pod. You get exclusive TSP t-shirts. says the FPL and you get access to our TSP events too. Now, if you're in one of our top tiers, do check your Patreon inbox for an invite to the virtual meetup which we've got scheduled for the end of the month. And don't forget we've recently launched a new look TSP shop. That's where patrons get a personal discount code. We're adding some lines all the time. Last week, it was the new ladies' collection. And new additions this week include beanie hats and some pretty cool coasters, actually. Uh, There's a great selection of hoodies and t-shirts and mugs as well. If you want to go and check it out, the address is shop.totalsaints.co.uk. And if you want to get involved in supporting TSP each month, just head over to patreon.com forward slash Saints podcast for more details. You'll find all the links in the podcast show notes and on the YouTube description. Let's get into the football, shall we? Talk about dramatic uh, winner. Six minutes into added time from Joe Aribo. gave uh, Saints all three points at Birmingham. Alfie, you were there. Did you see that one coming at the end? Did you give up hope? Did you think when we got that corner, this could be it?
5: Uh, well, I think to be fair, we've been given enough um, warnings now to not give up hope. I mean, that must be the it must be the fourth, 95th or, or later winner or, or, or go and, and away from home this season. So I don't think I gave up hope completely. I mean, um, I thought in terms, I mean, let's let's get the negatives out of the way first because I asked Russell Martin, um, you know, what do you want to say about the game? I don't even know where to start. And he said that, you know, all three goals were absolutely shocking. He's totally right. There's um, way too much space for the first one, shocking communication for the second one. And then they don't react anywhere near enough, um, quickly enough in the box for the third one. And, you know, they are some of the things that we have seen in this sort of um, five or six game spell where they've conceded, I think it's now 16 goals in seven games, maybe. So that isn't good enough. But the attack was, in my opinion, as good as it's been all season. I um, mean, you know, I think David Brooks was a, was an absolute creative force. Shea Adams missed a big chance, but he linked up um, really well just sort of dropping into the hole, spinning balls off. Um, Adam Armstrong was back to his best. He's got seven goals in his last six against um, Birmingham. I think maybe seven and five, I think maybe something like that. He loves scoring against them and I thought he was brilliant. He was involved in uh, pretty much everything and, and Will Smallbone was obviously excellent in parts as well and made a real statement so I think I, I you know I did expect something to happen but I bet it was an amazing away end to be involved in um, another late goal the only thing that I'm still unsure about is why we're playing one of the league's best players out of position in Taylor with and right back and I know we've not got Kyle Walker-Peters and that's probably the reason um, but it's a little bit strange to me and um, that being said I thought Taylor and Jack Stevens both actually played really well but There's clearly a bit of a disconnect in the back line at the moment. They're they're conceding way too many goals, and it's something that Russell Mind knows he's going to have to sort out.
4: Yeah, it certainly seems like it's something they're going to look at. We will speak to somebody who was in that away end in just a moment. He sat there smiling in the corner. Just a, a quick sort of recap of what happened if you missed it yesterday. Behind within the first two minutes, then level through Adam Armstrong. Um, Stanfield put Birmingham ahead just before half-time. Brooks got the second equaliser. Uh, we were then in front through Che Adams. Birmingham went down to 10 men. Bakuna leveled on 77 minutes. And then Joe Arebo with a ninety sixth minute winner. What was it like in that away end, Steve?
6: Uh, yeah, good fun. <laughs> um and it was it was one of those it kind of did feel like it was always coming. While it was obviously very annoying to concede that equalizer in the way that we did. I mean I spoke I saw on a um on a forum that I use elsewhere that there was a Birmingham fan on there and he basically said we equalized too early because there was still five minutes plus whatever was gonna be added and we knew it was gonna be plenty. And we'd been swarming all over them for the whole second half. So it wasn't as if it wasn't as if that was going to change anything. They were Birmingham were still going to have to stick everybody behind the ball, um, which they'd done done since halftime, even with eleven men, and we still found found our way through um even then. So it was a case of just, just getting the moment. They were, yeah. I mean, it was it was such a weird game in that we were so dominant for so much of it that on another day we probably we we could win that game seven or eight nil um it was just bizarre the the goals conceded the first one's off the first one is so blatantly handball as well um the guy has basically punched it down into it into his path the ball the ball's slightly behind him so there's no way that he's actually able to control that with his chest and put it into sort of into the way he's running um and that that should have been a bit of a clue for the um for the officials really the thing that annoys annoys me about these sort of things is that we've only ever got one one man at most uh, complaining about these decisions um bednarek was the only one that um that appealed with any sort of sort of strength of it, it which is a little bit frustrating second one second one I I've seen seen and heard I mean certainly in, in the ground there are a lot of people pin the blame on um on Ryan Manning for that second goal but you could you could also clearly see afterwards um which isn't shown I don't think it's shown on any of the um, any of the footage you could clearly see that Manning and Bednarek were having an argument in the penalty area afterwards, sort of inquest. And Manning was clearly saying, look, listen, I shouted to you. Mm. And like Manning wouldn't have had to move. He'd have had an easy header and there'd have, been abs- there'd have been no danger whatsoever. But Bednarek's come flying in, tries to win a header that he was, he was never going to be able to get, get a full head on. And yeah, I mean, it costs, costs a goal in the end. So yeah, I mean, as as Alfie says, there's there's plenty of plenty of work defensively to um, uh, to be getting on with this week in training. That's for sure. Interesting that yeah, we we still gave up those goals despite Flynn Downs being back in the side. But I do think that overall we were just we were just so much more assured in in kind of everything. It was weird that as a defensive shape we actually looked fine. It was just literally those probably three moments. Plus maybe the one where Bakuna hit the post as well at one nil, and other than that they didn't they um didn't really get get anywhere near us and but for them throwing bodies in the way and a couple of bad finishes um hit the woodwork a couple of times, yeah, as I say, we could have had we could have had seven or eight on another day but I mean, where's where's the fun in that? Uh, last last minute last minute <laughs> winner is always much more satisfying, isn't it? Let's be honest. Always makes
4: the the journey home a bit better, doesn't it? I mean, Glenn Russell Martin said afterwards, it's not a tactical thing. Uh, we're not getting carved open. It's just rubbish goals that were conceding. He, he he kind of, as as Alfie said, he was quick to address the the poor goals. It's just some some bad mistakes. It's not going to take too much analysis when they they sit down and they start looking back at these.
0: Uh, no, I think it's more it's more simple. It's sorry, it's more nuanced than just saying Ryan Manning should have done better here, Bednarek should have done better on the second goal. I just feel like we'd cracked it. You know, during the 25-game run, we'd cracked it with a settle back for goalkeeper Flynn Downs. Ever since, obviously, Flynn Downs got injured, we had to do something. I think we all kind of think that it would have been better off just doing a straight swap rather than trying to, you know with Shade Charles rather than trying to use Will Smallbone in a role that he's not really suited to. Um, as Steve said, Flynn Downs comes back yesterday, but we've got say, Taylor Harwell-Bellis playing at it, playing it right back. Now, I don't know, but I, I have a theory that Bednarek wouldn't have made that mistake if Taylor Harwell-Bellis was next to him. And I'm not blaming Jack Stevens for it because he was nowhere near it, <laughs> but the, the two of them dovetailed so well that Bednarek always knows where how Bellis is going to be the amount of times they go up for a long ball and one of them leaves it and they know that the other one's sweeping up behind and that was that was the that was the classic for that you know that that goal we let in was was a classic example of that I don't think Bednarek really wanted to head that and if he you know he was like I need to leave this I need to let this run oh no I need to head it and it, and in the end he ends up doing both or neither mm. and just and just knocking it through to to Stansfield it's good finish to be fair. But it, it's such a it's a it's that wouldn't be out, that goal wouldn't be out of place on the veracity ground, would it? It's just a big welly up the middle, and um, mm. and you know, it's a park goal. It's terrible. So I'm I'm hoping that you know if Carl Walker Peters is back on Wednesday, that we get, that we revert to the back four that's done well. But I bet we don't. I, if Carl Walker Peters is fit, I reckon he'll. I reckon Manning will get dropped. And you know, Carl Walker Peters will play left back, and um, and and Harwell Bellis right back. And I I don't like messing around with the defense. And um, you know, I I remember saying halfway through the the, the unbeaten run that 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 back four, Flynn Downs and the goalkeeper, it, that's the reason we've won all these games. That's the reason we'll get promoted if we if we keep it intact. And I just I just hope that you know Russell Martin goes back to that when everyone is available. But uh, but yeah, I mean but you can look you can look at individuals on the goals, obviously Bednarek on the second goal, Ryan Manning got caught in field on the first goal, and the third goal, there you know I mean, Manning gets beat far too easily by Laird and when he when he pulls the ball back. Stevens is with Stanfield Stansfield, but he still's you know, he's right stood right next to him and he still allows him to get the shot in, which hits the post and and the guy sticks it in at the back post. So there is there are certainly things that individuals can work on, but I, I do think it's more of a, a problem for the for the collective rather than uh, just individual mistakes.
5: I mean Russell said to me last week that he feels this team needs Jack Stevens in it, and so far he has stuck to that. Um so I I just can't see him changing that. He he, he thinks no, he has to that in there and then he will.
0: I I totally disagree, but then you know, I'm not I'm not the manager. You know, we won. I don't I don't know how you can you can kind of say that bearing in mind how many games we won without when he was it without him mm-hmm. when he was injured and when he was when he was coming back. So I I personally don't don't believe that. But then it's you a know, of a, mind.
5: Like, if you look at his individual performance, Jack Stevens has actually played well in pretty much all the games he's come in. Like he's doing this weird yeah. John Stones role, which is obviously a, a man city thing that he's watched on the telly and wants to recreate. But he actually does it well. It's just the um, the equilibrium the rest of the defense that it, it falters.
0: Yeah. I mean yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He does do some nice things, in, you know, on an individual basis. But it, it's about the, you know, the collective, mm. and it's especially in defence. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, a defence type of guy, mm. <laughs> and that that's that's kind of what I look at. And I, I just don't think at the level we're at, we're not Manchester City. You know, let's let's get this right. The players we've got are not that le- mm. are not that sort of level, and much though we'd like them to be, they can't. All fit into every system which I'm, I'm sure you know Russell Martin would like them like them too so if you find something that works I don't see why you'd change it at the back I really don't but there we go at the end of the day we won the game so it's a it's it's but it's similar to the Huddersfield one there's there's a lack of control isn't there and uh it ends up being far more chaotic than it should have been.
4: There was a lot we made of um, Flynn Downs missing, Steve, in in recent games. Um, Obviously, he was back at the weekend. Um, What was your view on him and his his role in the team? And and, uh, alongside, it was Smallbone and um, Stewie Armstrong, I think, wasn't Mm -hmm. it, in in that midfield. How did that work out for you?
6: Um, I mean, he was solid did did what he does. Um and that that settled the midfield down completely, I think. Um Stu Armstrong didn't have his best game. He he was okay in the first half but went completely missing after the break. But fortunately Downs and um Smallbone had a great game, I thought. Two assists and was was always involved. And it was I think that's that's one I mean we've mentioned this countless times already this season and even already this evening that when Downs is there it frees smallbone up to play in a position that actually suits him. And you're trying to trying to play him as the in the six role just doesn't just doesn't fit. I mean, he can put in performances there, but it's it's much less likely than likely that he's that he's going to do so. Whereas in the role that he played yesterday, um, especially against a side that that is down down sort of struggling against against uh, relegation, mm-hmm. where you're going to have the the majority of the ball. I know we have the majority of the ball against most most sides in this division, but especially so um in this sort of game and he get he, he finds those little pockets of space and he, he yeah he was he was excellent I thought.
4: Some good good goals to get back into the game as well. Which you which where which end were you? Did you see the um but you, you were at the end for the winner, weren't you? Because uh, yes. it looked like a was going to go and celebrate in the wrong corner of the ground for a little bit, and then he
6: kind of like, turned on his heels. And... Yeah, he's either that or he was going to run down the tunnel. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've but, never yeah. never seen
0: him t- never seen him turn and run so fast when he realised he was <laughs> celebrating in front <laughs> of going the wrong the way.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was interesting seeing um, being able to watch the highlights sort of afterwards. Where I mean, frankly, Adam Armstrong looked miles offside um, from where we were. Yeah, um, and and obviously there were a lot of protests from from both home fans and players. Um, but actually, when you when you see it on mm. the highlights, if you do pause it at the point of of Brooks playing the pass, he is comfortably onside. So actually, yeah, uh, credit where it's due. Excellent decision by the by the linesman. But yeah, I mean, it's, let's be honest, it's always always better when you're celebrating a winner um, in front of your in front of your fans, which is which is obviously why we're trying to move the away end now at St Mary's to get rid of those limbs moments.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a sending off as well, Alfie, which we thought might have changed the game, but um, but maybe not the challenge on on Will Smallbone. Was that the correct call? Because I think the managers disagreed, perhaps afterwards, as you would expect.
5: Yeah, well, obviously, you would expect Russell Martin to come out and say that it's the correct decision. Um, I think that the isolated red card itself is pretty harsh. I know he comes in with his potentially studs up and that um, I, I, it could be harsh. But I'm going to caveat that by saying whether you think it's a red card or not, he should have been booked for strangling Che Adams in the first half anyway. So it would have been a second yellow and a sending off regardless. So, um, it's the right decision to to send him off. And yeah, like we know that from some of the best managers in history that it's not easy to play against 10 men. Um, and it proved like that again. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think you can have any complaints that he was sent off. Hmm. Straight red for you, Glenn, or not?
0: Absolutely, 100%. If you look at it, he goes... I, I don't think he means to, but I just hmm. think he's a big donkey, to be honest. I thought that in the game at St Mary's. I thought he was terrible. And I, that's why I, I thought with he's their captain. Um, that's why I thought we'd have a... A very good chance of winning, um of winning yesterday. He goes for the challenge. He turns he almost turns his back on smallbone. I don't know what he's doing, and he goes for the ball in sort of like a downward stamp motion. Hmm. So he's not he's not even looking at smallbone. He doesn't actually he catches him a little bit, not that much. If he'd caught him flush on the knee, Wall Smallbone wouldn't be playing for nine months. It was so it was as dangerous as you like. yes yeah, it's just a sort of thing that wouldn't have been sent off. He wouldn't have been sent off thirty years ago because he didn't challenge him that hard. But that's that for me was the the very definition of a dangerous tackle, even though I I don't believe he meant it. I just thought it was hmm. just rubbish, rubbish play from a rubbish player, to be honest. And but I don't know how as you know, even if you're the staunchest blue nose, that you can um you can dispute that I mean, most of them were celebrating that he's going to miss the next three games, to be honest. And, you know, <laughs> can you appeal? Hopefully it'll get moved to six games or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, no. I, I did enjoy
5: I... Smallbone's response to it, though, I think Bakuna came in with a quite a hard challenge on him off the ball about 10 seconds later. And by the time I'd written the tweet for that, um, Smallbone went and did the same thing to him and obviously got himself booked. He had a bit of
2: fight
5: about him. It was, it was a real statement performance, yeah. obviously. Russell had to bring him off after that, um, but I did enjoy that
4: and a bit of celebration um in front of the dugout as well Alfie adding a bit of uh, spice to it yesterday when when they thought they'd uh, they got back in it
5: yeah, well, Jay Stansfield is obviously a, a proper character, isn't he? And he's, he's an unbelievable player. I mean, both times he's played Southampton, I think he's been really good. Um, obviously, the story of him scoring a hat-trick in his dad's shirt for Exeter is fantastic. So you won't find a football man that doesn't want him to do well, I think. Um, but yeah, I asked Russell Martin about it and he's pretty happy for that. Um, apparently, he's a family friend of Matt Gill's. So um, he's probably given him a bit of leeway on it. I'm sure if it was somebody else, he'd be fuming. But um, <laughs> it's It's good moment. It's good moments. what football's all about, isn't it? And obviously, when you go on to win, it makes it all the more sweet.
4: I just want to talk, Steve, as well, about the uh, the front three because you've got obviously um, Che and and Brooks and Adam Armstrong all scoring and and we had to be better in the final third and you kind of felt like as you said we could have scored a hatful yesterday but but things were certainly looking a bit more fluid
6: yeah I mean I must admit I thought Che Adams had a dreadful first half but everything was bouncing off of his shins um, passes were going astray but after the break he was a completely different player everything was sticking and and he was bringing other people in into the game and and obviously had plenty of shots himself he obviously got the goal, but there was another one where um he hit the side netting, a couple of others which uh Birmingham defenders threw themselves in the way of and and the ball deflected either just dribbled into the keeper's hands or went wide for a corner so yeah, huge improvement sort of in terms of output from the from the front three who have who have all had little sort of dips over the last week or two. I mean obviously Brooks is Brooks is obviously new to the team and he's getting up to speed in terms of playing this regularly, because obviously mm-hmm. he's he's had very little football over the last, what, two years really, in the grand scheme of things. And yeah, so him him putting in a putting in a performance um from, from the start is um bodes very well, especially with Ryan Fraser out for a little while. Um it gives us uh gives us enough options to um to keep the opposition guessing.
4: We'll get on to the Liverpool game a bit later Glenn but there's nobody that's really kind of like chomping at the bit they've had a had a chance to to come in and and, and stake a claim and you, you get the impression that these are the that this is the front three now isn't it this is for the the last 11 games this, this is who we want fit and firing
0: yeah i would say so i mean ad adam Armstrong, look he looks you know he's had a bit of a rest over the last sort of few games and as alfie said he looked he looked back to his best he's never the tidiest looking player for me his first touch disappoints me on numerous occasions, but he's good enough to score goals in this league, and he and he's and he's done it. And we need him in the twelve games that are left, or whatever it is, hmm. to be getting another ten goals, and then and then we'll be up there. Che Adams is such a mixed bag, as <laughs> Steve said. In the, I mean he he's had some games where he's looked the best best forward in the league. And he's had some games where he's just been atrocious, and it just looks like he's never played football in his life before. And it sounds like it from the, you know, from the game that Steve's describing that he's uh, he managed to do both in the same game. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, no, no, I'm really stuck the hand up in the Liverpool game here, I and it was it was a chance, um, we'll get onto it later, I'm sure. But the yeah. uh, you know the the guys in question who could have put their hands up to play up front, they kind of blew it. So no, I think we're we're looking at those guys, and and David Brooks is an excellent. Addition to the, to the mix, especially with the timing, with um, with Ryan Fraser being injured, because he's obviously got a goal in him, which we're missing. Obviously, with Fraser not being there, you know, he has got a goal in him. So, in between the two of them, we should have uh, enough options to play um to play on one wing and Adam Armstrong playing on the other.
4: It was interesting the other results too, Alfie. With Leicester dropping more points, uh, it, it feels to me like it's becoming impossible to predict who's going to get these automatics now. And and it, it's so funny how like one weekend can just change it, and all of a sudden we're full of optimism again.
5: Yeah, it was all over last Saturday, wasn't it? Like um, yeah. these and we were we were down for another season. Um, I mean. you... Yeah, you you pay attention to the results, obviously, because you want to see it, but realistically right now they don't actually mean that much. The fact that there's only eight points between um Southampton and Leicester, who have been runaway league leaders for ten months, is remarkable. Um and obviously, as we said before we came on air, um Glenn said, um it, we all sort of not wrote Ipswich off because not that naive, but we thought that the the wheels were coming off and they've won five games in a row and now they're right back in contention. So yeah, it's gonna be a very interesting end to the season, and um this could be a very nervous game at Ellen Road. I'm not looking forward to it.
4: No, okay. Uh, I don't know if you saw the tweet from Lewis Coombs, who said the top four have already amassed the points needed to secure a playoff place last season with 11 games to go. It's just a a hell of a hell of a season this year. I want to do TSP Player of the Week now because I don't think anybody has kind of played their way into contention from the Liverpool game. So, um, Steve, I'm going to start with you. Who were the the standout players yesterday? Because there's a few names that we could put on the poll. I mean,
6: smallbones, the obvious standout, I think, two assists, two assists yesterday and also the, that kind of sort of I'll show them performance mm-hmm. from um, the, the completely unwarranted stick he got after one misplaced pass on Wednesday night, which, I mean, frankly, some people in our fan base need to um, take a long, long, hard look at themselves. And I, inclu- I include um, people that were at the, at the game yesterday because um, when Ryan Manning went down... At one point in the second half and it looked like potentially a serious injury there was a there was an old older gentleman um, stood two or three rows behind me uh, very audibly um, started cheering and saying yeah thank god uh, manning's injured we can we can get a proper proper player mm. on now i mean mm. frankly that that sort of that sort of is absolutely pathetic and it's not welcome
0: it wasn't me a high snowhead
6: <laughs> no uh, no he, no he had he had he had a lot more stubble than you did
0: uh,
4: you spoke Excellent. to me about that this week, didn't you, Alfie? Um, was that that a piece this week about with uh, with Ryan Manning and about the, the the role that and the fans and the stick that you get?
5: Yeah, to be fair, like Ryan Manning's a lovely bloke. He's always happy to answer any question and he talks well. And I just asked him, you know, obviously, I think he's been a little bit unlucky with some of the stick he's got at times. And, um, you know, what was his response to it? And he said that at the end of the day, we wouldn't be getting paid to play football if it wasn't for the fans' opinions. So you should have to get on with it. Um, he you know, he hopes to prove people wrong. But one of the things he did talk about was that, um, you know, obviously the position he's asked to play, he says it's not a traditional left-back like you would play on a Sunday league team. It's, um, you know, he, the reason he's caught out sometimes is because Russell Martin's asked him to be right up the pitch involved in the play all the time um, yeah obviously he's made defensive mistakes this season but that is a good point and it's true um, but yeah he's, he's a good lad and I, I want him to do well um, I mm. cringe a little bit every time he does make a mistake because he, yeah. Yeah, he's a nice guy Alright so we've got Will Smallbone on the list uh, Alfie who was your your up performer? Um, I think I think the best player on the pitch was David Brooks um, Will Smallbone's obviously rich in narrative and I think he's you know, one of our own, the chance were amazing, but David Brooks showed these an absolute class above he created so many chances in the first half and then he somehow made it even better in the second with them. Um, you know just skipping past his player and, and a really beautiful finish into the far netting so David Brooks for me.
0: Yeah it was some goal wasn't it and uh, and Glenn anyone else you want to add to the list? No, not really. Um I was gonna say I was gonna say smallburn and Brooks. Yeah Brooks is just he's just a quality player. I can't believe we got him on loan, to be honest. Mm. I, I know. I mean Bournemouth through gritted teeth have absolutely done us a favor there, because <laughs> you know, I mean, extending you know, fair, hands
6: across the forest.
0: Yeah, he, he's he's such a good player, and to, and to get to get someone like him on loan, I know, obviously, with the, with the issues he's had, mm. that's kind of the reason we've got him to give him game time. They obviously want to do right by him, but to 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 have him come in in January to a team that was already performing well, um, and. And he's been tremendous in virtually every game he's played. There's, I think there might might have been one game that he started where he was a bit kind of disappointed. Can't remember which one that was, but uh, but overall he's he's contributed well, you know. And mm. he also, he you know, he said when he joined that you know he wants to earn his minutes, which I think was yeah it wasn't guaranteed was mass- was, was mm. massive for me. He knew it wasn't guaranteed, and you know he's done that. He's he's I think he's he's proven probably with that performance against Birmingham that he. He should be starting, especially whilst um, Ryan Fraser is injured. So, uh, no, I can't
2: really look past um, him and Will Smallbone. Great stuff. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass
1: there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: Now it's a big week before an extended break. Two home games next. Uh, Preston are the visitors on Wednesday. We're going to have an extra midweek pod on Thursday just to review that game. But right now I'm pleased to say that joining us is Ollie Hargreaves from the Butter Pie Podcast uh, to help us preview the game, Ollie. The first question's got to be um, the podcast and the name. How did that come about?
7: Uh, yeah, it, th- this question gets asked quite a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> w- 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 no, don't worry at all. Um, so, how I best describe it is, it's a Prestonian delicacy that's only nationalised in Preston. You can get a butter pie on the concourse in Deepdale. Pretty much, how to explain it? It's a cholesterol in a pie. Um, it's just <laughs> butter potato and onion and that's it um so when we were coming together you know what should we call should we call the invincibles no how about the butter pie podcast yeah let's do that so you know we, we trialed it for a laugh and it stuck so here we are three years later with the same name having to tell every podcast that we go on that it's about football and not a pie Yeah, and I bet
4: everybody says, I really want to try one. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, next
7: time I go up, I'll make sure to try one. I think we've only had one review, and that was that it was absolutely terrible. But, you know, (laughs) one day we'll get someone to like it, but not fairly soon, I don't think.
4: I suppose we ought to talk about the football um, since you're on. Um, I mean, how things are going, um, first of all, um, because I, from what I was working out today, I don't think you've lost since Leeds back in January. So you must be quite pleased with, with how things have working out so far this year.
7: Yeah, it's been a, been a bit of a rollercoaster season. I mean, I say that every season about Preston North End. We go on ups and downs like, no, tomorrow, um, going up to the Leeds game, you know, we, we, The run we were on, five wins in 23, was abysmal form. It's relegation form. And then, you know, the past seven or eight games have been absolutely fantastic. Um, You know, even picking up a point in a 0-0 draw against Hull yesterday, I thought we were absolutely fantastic on the front foot um, against, you know, Hull, who are probably going to be thereabouts for the playoffs. So, you know, it seems that under um, scrutiny, probably, um, Ryan Lowe tries, well, somehow finds a way to be able to keep his job by finding the solution to how we're playing. Because beforehand, it was a bit, you know, play a roulette. But he's found his 11, um after the January window, which is very much needed. And we're properly playing football, which is really good to see. You know, some of the football we were playing on yesterday, you know, balls into feet. I've not seen North End play that in so long since Alex Neal, you know, I'm so used to it lumping it all the way up to the big dog up top and him, you know, probably hitting him in the back of the head and flicking it down. So, you know, it's it's great to see. Um, we've got a couple of abroad uh, foreign players as well, which is, you know, if North End signed anyone who was from abroad, they'd be coming from the League of Ireland come, you know, five years ago. But, you know, it's nice to broaden our horizons and... Yeah, it's nice to watch some good football at Preston, finally. And
4: what's the style of football with uh, with Ryan Lowe? Because obviously it's, you know, it's getting the results. Yeah,
7: so, so it's a bit mixed match. Um, you know, the style that we're starting to play is um, we've got our most influential player playing in the 10 called Mads Rocky Jensen, who loves the ball into his face. And we've kind of started to build that around him. We, we notoriously play three at the back, three centre-halves and two wing-backs. So it's quite defensively driven. You know, we try to not so be possession-based, but when we come up against possession-based sides like yourselves, you may have seen us against Coventry as well, who are quite, they try to get on the ball as much as possible. Um, we try and nitpick and then obviously get our chances by going on with the counter-attack um, with obviously the speed of, you know, Liam Miller, who's on loan from Basel. We've got Mads uh, in the 10, we've got Emil Reese. so... We're one of those teams that are probably awful to play against because we're going to sit in a low block and then try to counter-attack you at any point, given point that we get. Um, so that's how I can hope that we're able to get anything against yourselves is that you know there's potentially a slip-up in the back line and we maybe nick one, but I'm not optimistic.
4: Does that worry you, Glenn? Talk about the the, the low block and uh,
0: and preying on the, the opportunities. and Before Flynn Downs got back... I was I was worried about teams that did that and hit us on the counter attack because we were very very vulnerable to that. And then, obviously, recently, teams have had success against us by kind of pressing us high and swarming all over the mid the midfield. And that that's really sort of like gave us problems and stifled us, and we lost a couple of games off the back of that. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, how that one goes to be honest i i'd prefer again to play against the team that that's sitting in a low block i notice you play a back 3 you know we've got to turn that into a into a back 5 by pushing the fullbacks back because i don't usually wingbacks or wingbacks because they're not the best defenders so if you can if you can force them back towards their own goal that they, they don't tend to want to go there so that that is certainly something we should be looking at and then it's down to our midfield to to sort of like pick the passes through but it's it's uh obviously when teams set up like that against you you've got to be patient and and even if it's nil nil at half time you've just got to keep doing the things that you're uh that you're doing and um and and trust that you'll eventually find your way through and as we discussed earlier we do we do sort of score a lot of late goals when uh when uh teams get tired so so yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, sort of contrast in in styles, and we just got to hope it's not one of those games where we have eighty percent possession and end up losing two nil, which <laughs> is uh, which is what happens on a bad day when uh, when you when you're playing against that. I mean, I know I remember the the game against Preston earlier on; they they weren't shy at leaving a foot in as well. So the re- the refereeing of this game is uh, is 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 going to be interesting. I mean, the last game against them, we were obviously very fortunate to get a point out of that at the end. Mm-hmm. With the um, the goalkeeper header, possibly, um, so so yeah. But we're we're a better side than we were last time around when we when we played them. And uh, but it you know we've lost the last two home games, so it depends what what Saints team turns up. But I'm um, I'm hopeful that uh, we are we are back more to the uh, to the lineup that we had in the in the 25 game run, or whatever it was, 22 game run that we had. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, it could be a, it could be a game to be patient.
4: It's going to be different, Steve, to that game back in October, the, the 2 or one that Glenn's talking about, that last-minute own goal to to rescue the point. It was when we were going through that phase of just being terrible after the break, do you remember?
6: Uh, yeah, and also we made, I, I think, we because that was another midweek game, and we made, I think, six six or seven changes from the Saturday.
5: And that was one of the first times as well, wasn't it, Steve? They hadn't really made yeah. any changes up to that yeah. point. And that yeah. Was-
6: yeah, and um, yeah, we just looked really disjointed. Got a really good goal from Walker-Peters, but other than that didn't really create a whole amount whole lot um, it was a bitty game and then we we shipped two stupid goals in the space of a couple of minutes mm. um, and then we're chasing it and we basically throw on all the people we'd left out from uh from the Saturday um didn't create a, still didn't create a huge amount but at least put a lot of pressure on and I mean when you've got a when you've got a corner in the in the in the last minute, if you get if you get the delivery right, then anything can happen. And f- for once, we did get the delivery right, and Bazunu caused enough chaos to force um, Ched Evans to stick it in the back of his own net, which was um, obviously very satisfying. But it was a, yeah, it was a point we barely deserved. But I mean, it's one of those where you take it and take it, and you get the hell out of there. Um, I'd like to think this week's going to be going to be different. As Glenn said, we're we're a different side now. By the sound of it, Preston are a different side um, to when we played them um, back then. They've the style was a bit different. I think the only game I've the only other game I've seen Preston play was the Leeds game, which was obviously your last defeat. And I was utterly infuriated watching that when Ryan Lowe made a triple sub with with about fifteen minutes to go. You were completely comfortable in the game with the eleven that were on the pitch, and you basically took all of your attackers off. And brought on defensive-minded players and thought, right, we're just going to stick everything behind the ball, and that's exactly the way Leeds want teams to play against them, because Leeds will just Leeds can then just camp and just um, just beat you with beat you with just sort of repetitiveness. They'll 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 always find a way, and yeah, that was very annoying. But it sounds as if he's. Um, Probably taken the taken the the criticism from that on board and and has cha- has changed things and and gotten gotten going in the right direction. Again. Ollie's,
4: Ollie's nodding. So yeah, yeah.
7: I, I just love the fact that you said you were totally frustrated. You know, just having watched one game of North End, and here I am after you know sixteen <laughs> years of this, I'm totally awful. And um, yes, yeah. I mean he was the Leeds game. He was under total scrutiny, and the fact that you know, I think anything that he did at that stage where we're in the form, you know, if he if we kept the attacking players on to try and, you know, we were totally comfortable and they get leggy and we end up conceding, it's going to be on Ryan Lowe. And then if he, you know, made changes, made us more defensively sound and it worked, he's a hero, but if it doesn't work, it's his fault again. So I'd, I think it was in that stage where he couldn't win. To be fair, I'd, he still chucks defensive players on at the end, um, which is highly infuriating because it means that we're gonna just shove everyone behind the ball. But more times out of ten at the moment, we in the in this run, it's been working. So fingers crossed that doesn't change anything. Another thing I'd mention as well is regarding the low block, what I noticed on Saturday is pull start are trying to play out from the back. They're very heavily, they don't kick long from goal kicks. And we surrounded their goalkeeper heavily now I'm not too sure if we're going to do that with Az because he's probably better with the ball at the feet than also um but every time that they tried to play out from the back we you know gap we ended up with the ball back after about 20 seconds so you know the press works on that end if it doesn't work, we'll shove 10 players behind the ball and just sit on outside our 18 yard box.
4: We're going to have to be brave. That's what I'm reading into this, Alfie. I mean, it's a three-game week, then it's a 20-day break um, because of the 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 cup game and or Leicester's cup game and that born being rearranged. Do you think we kind of just throw everything at these two home games because we need to take that momentum into the, the break?
5: Yeah, look, you've got to win all of them, obviously. Um, the thing that Russell Martin has said a couple of times in the, in the build-ups this week has been um, just about leaving it in a good place. And like you say, they're going to have some decent recovery time that's been much needed And um, after what will it have been, like 10 or 11 games in a month. Mm. Um, but they need to win these games. They need to be in a good place. They need to go into that break knowing that there's actually a chance they can catch them and that you know they're not out of it. And I think they're in a good place to do that at the moment. The one thing I wanted to sort of point out is that um, we're talking about sort of Preston playing a, like a low block and sitting those men behind the ball, but you have actually scored two goals in 70 of your last 10 championship games, two goals or more. Um, so they've obviously got a threat, and you know we saw from the game um, a deep down that there's going to be a threat there. But yeah, have to win every game at the moment. Um, that nothing's changed with that, and obviously all three of the other teams are going to play on Tuesday night. So by the time you go into Wednesday, you know it, it could be a case that you you can move within five points of Leicester or you know move in two points of Ipswich or whatever. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'll be watching the games on Tuesday, obviously. So will the team, um, and then we'll see where we are.
4: And your aspirations for the rest of the season, Ollie? I mean, anybody from sort of fifth to ninth could probably get the, the the playoffs at the moment. So it's going to be an interesting sort of run in for the teams in the top ten. What what would you be happy with?
7: Um, I, I mean, I, the the dream is the playoffs, isn't it? The dream is to nip in into that sixth place. And if you're in the playoffs, it's three uh, games. It's three. It's a three game season where anything can go. But for me, ultimately, as a fan, I try not to get dragged into any positivity. Um, And and, and anything positive off a negative outset is always good. Um, So I'm going to continue to just look conservatively at it and think, you know, probably a top-half finish, uh, maybe eighth or ninth, I'd expect North End to be at. But, you know, the way that we're going on, anything can happen and fingers crossed it continues.
5: Final question for me, Ollie. Do you know about um, Russell Martin and, and Ryan Lowe's relationship and how well they get on or, or don't get on? Has you said anything about that? Oh
7: yeah, uh, yeah. That, that that was fun um, when he was at Swansea. That nice little bust up when he, stri- yeah. he tried to uh, deck, yeah. when he tried to deck Joe Allen. Actually, um, yeah, two, two quite hot-headed managers when it doesn't end up going their way. I believe so. It could be a fiery in- encounter, especially if North End decide to leave a couple on, um, like Glenn said we we do like to be heavy footed mm. sometimes so i'm sure it might be a uh, quite hotly hot, hot contest probably including the managers on the sideline
4: OK, I'm going to ask you for a score prediction in just a minute, Ollie. Um, Alfie, do you think we'll see Carl Walker-Peters coming back? I know there was sort of a, a brief update on his, his injury this week.
5: Yeah, the message from Russell Mine was that he will hopefully be back for one of the two games or both. Um, Russell Mine has always been somebody who has said, um, oh, yeah, he's close. he's close. I mean, Flynn Downs was close for two weeks before he finally made an appearance. So mm-hmm. I would definitely bet against um, Kyle Walker-Peters being back on Wednesday. Hopefully he'll be there for Saturday against Sunderland. But yeah, I think uh, I'd be surprised by
0: that. All right, let's get some score predictions. Glenn, I'm going to come to you first this week. Um, I've just remembered something from the, the first game. We had Mason Holgate playing. And <laughs> yeah, uh, all, right. Yeah. North,
4: <laughs> North End,
0: sho- yeah, North End <laughs> sho- shoved on a guy, I might have got his name wrong, Osmaiic. They shoved Osmayich, him imagine, on at yeah. half-time. And he, he picked a fight with Holgate. And Holgate reacted because he's an idiot and on the on the back of that chaos we um, we let in the two goals that we were talking about earlier so i'm i'm hoping that because we haven't got mason holger anymore and we're mm-hmm. we're a bit more um, a bit more savvy at the back and not quite so reckless that uh, that we managed to uh, um to to stop north end hurting us on the on the break or, or otherwise it'll be interesting if they do try and press from the from the front because we have struggled with that a little bit the last uh, the last few weeks But, uh, yeah, quite confident that we're going to get back to it at home. So I'll go for a a narrow and slightly squeaky 2-1 win. Squeaky win. Uh, Alfie, do
5: you want to go next? Yeah, sorry, Glenn, but I'm I'm also going to go for a 2-1 win just because, as I said about Preston, I think they've definitely got a goal in them and equally this Saints defence has definitely got a clangor in it. Um, (laughs) But I'm I'm pretty confident about the results. So, yeah, we'll go for a 2-1 win. Okay, Steve? Um, Yeah, same thoughts.
6: Slightly different scoreline um yeah I mean as as pointed out just now I think Preston have scored two or more in yeah yeah, something like seven of the last ten was it you said Mm. Alfie um so yeah I I I mean we've we've seen what it's weird that we kind of look at the defense as a whole and actually as a collective they're kind of playing all right but then there's these these little moments where they switch off Mm. and we've done it against teams good and bad in this division so I kind of Half expect that to continue until beyond the international break uh, when we have a little bit of time on the training ground to get it sorted. But we've still got the the attacking prowess. So, uh, 3-2 win. Okay. Nice.
4: Um Ollie, it sounds like there might be some goals in this game, Um unless we've completely misread it. Uh, <laughs> what, what would you... What's your prediction?
7: Yeah, it'll be a 0-0 after this, won't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, every time I predict a North End win, I, I'm a very coincidental person every time I predict a North End win we lose it, my, my head saying a 1-1 one, one draw um, I'm going to predict a 2-1 uh, Saints win just for my own peace of mind knowing that you know it might turn on its head and because I'm, I'm not
5: it wasn't yeah, the um, the old reverse
7: yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm an <laughs> awful gambling man so you know if I stuck my money on red it'll be black every time so you know 2-1 um, Saints and hopefully it's the other way around
4: and will there be many coming down for the, the game Ollie? <laughs>
7: midweek um i'd expect i'd yeah. expect i'd expect a couple of hundred um I, w- I wouldn't expect you know it to be four figures because it is a fair old trip down to southampton especially yeah. um you know a couple of half days off work um so i I'd, I'd expect maybe two to three hundred um if anything more than fair play but we've been in great form so could be more than that
4: all right, nice one. Cheers for coming on. That's been a really good insight and uh, good luck with the rest of the season.
7: You too. Hopefully not against on Wednesday. Take care, guys. See you
4: <laughs> later. All right, see you later. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye uh, We will have a special midweek podcast as well on Thursday um, at 7.15 just to review that game. So make sure you...
5: I mean, both times we've done that, it's ended in defeats. Let's hope that we can sort of buck that trend. All (laughs) we need is the late show
4: on Wednesday night too. (laughs) please no. There's one more game we just need to uh, cover up before we finish. Um, The FA Cup game, of course. uh, Saints beaten 3-0 by Liverpool in the FA Cup on Wednesday. I mean, we didn't expect to get too much from the game, but I don't know about you, Glenn. It just felt like a bit of a missed opportunity for me, and I can't quite put my finger on why. I think think it might have been the finishing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. It was... As it turned out, it was it was it was a glorious chance to do a few things. One was to see how our style of football would go against a Premier League team, even though obviously they had a load of kids playing. So it was an int- it would have you know been interesting to see that. And I, I think from that point of view, we largely sort of like passed the test. We we almost had the perfect game plan against what was a scratch Liverpool side. We played out from the back we played through them on numerous occasions created five or six good chances and missed the bloody lot mm. and and apart from the one could, that
5: was offside obviously
0: yeah apart from the one was offside but um, because everyone had stopped um yeah. so <laughs> it was it was frustrating from that point of view and we could have changed the the narrative about it all being about Klopp and the and the liverpool kids and all that stuff and it it would have been lovely we should have gone in 2-0 up at half time but of course, if you miss five or six chances, they go up your end once, have a shot, it deflects and it goes in and you're one, you're down at half time. And then it's it's completely different. Now, if we had been ahead at half time, I think they had a couple of players on the bench like Luis Diaz and um who who obviously could have made a massive difference if uh, if he'd been shoved on. But um yeah, I mean the only chance that we had that I thought was unlucky. Was um, Sulemana's side-footed effort that hit the post. I thought, you know that that was a that was a decent effort, but other than that, I just I, our finishing was woeful. Um, you know, all sorts of players missed them throughout the game, but it was mainly it was mainly the strikers. Second half, we had chances at the start of the second half again, missed chances from corners and things like that, and then they they get the second goal. They put McAllister on, and that made a huge difference because that kind Of shut down the midfield, so we we stopped being able to sort of like get out as easily. Um, yeah, second goal went in from uh, from the mistake by a small bone, and then um, yeah, third goal didn't matter. And by that time, it was like time to go home on it and let's let's end this now and get get back on the road. So, uh, so yeah, it was an, it was an interesting game. I was, I was frustrated at the time, but I look back on it now and I'm I'm sort of like less bothered by it because because we you know we proved. We proved certain things. We we proved that this style of football, if you play it right, it can work against against better teams. But on the on the other hand, you know, I just an inc- a slight increase in the intensity um from Liverpool and some of our players really struggled, but and that's that's really a problem for next season, should we go up. But we know that's there's gonna be sort of like a huge turnover if, if that does happen. I looked at a couple of our players and thought so it's the first time I'd kind of thought about what what are they going to be like at, at Premier League level, and yeah, nothing nothing new learnt really. The one the ones I thought would struggle did struggle a little bit. So no harm done from the game, apart from obviously the injury to um, to Carl Walker Peters. But uh, but yeah, we we went up there, we lost, we move on, and it's uh, the league games are far more important.
4: It was a soft goal to concede to, Alfred, just, you know, in the first half. When that went in, you just like, oh, that was for me. That was when I thought maybe this is not going to be our night.
5: Yeah, just a bit of misfortune, really. Um, I saw that uh, Glenn Murray, who's obviously a well respected broadcaster, he said that um, Lewis Kumas has already outdone his father, who obviously played like however many tens of games for Wales and hundreds of games in the Premier League. I'm not sure I go that far, um, but good moment for him. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've taken a lot of confidence from that performance, I think, them, Um, despite being beaten 3 0 by, as Glenn said, a team with quite a few young players in. But I thought they did really well. Like the first half, it was really entertaining. You know, Cameroon, Sulemana. As a child, has obviously been taught to place the ball rather than welly it, because there are a couple of times we just think put your foot for it and you might have a bit more luck. But yeah, they, like like said, they went there, they had a game plan, they performed it pretty well. They just didn't take their chances, and that was unlucky. Um, but it was, I think it was, a, it was a good evening. And then the last twenty minutes, they were they were tired. They were. I mean, Russell Martin said that he thinks these players were just a little bit frustrated that they'd they'd blown their chance basically, and the heads just dropped a little bit, which obviously. You know, if you're in the Premier League, you can't let that happen. Um, but it was a free hit and we now don't have the distraction of a game. Whereas, I mean, I don't know where Leicester are going, but they've got that to focus on. Um, Saints will have another weekend off. so And I'm very lucky that I didn't have to hear the commentary, um, which I imagine Jesus. was completely all Liverpool mm. um, for yeah. 90 minutes.
4: It, it didn't help that the draw was done just before the game. So they knew that they had the prospect oh, yeah. of doing Manchester United versus Liverpool. And that was you know, clearly the one that, that, that they all wanted. And uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. Steve, what was your take on the game? Um, just that nobody really kind of standing out. You got Maro and Suleimana and people that, that that could stake a claim, and and it wasn't really the night for that.
6: Yeah, I mean there were there were players that showed little flashes, and you can see the attributes that they've got, and if you can kind of put it all together and and have a little bit of sort of improved decision making, then there's the sort of nucleus of something there. I mean Sulaimana, if if he could if he could finish and cross. Um, in five years' time, he'll be a, he'll be a Ballon d'Or candidate because <laughs> he's got absolutely everything else, but just the decision making and and being able to execute in that key moment is just completely not there at the moment, which is which is infuriating. And we kind of saw it a little bit in the in his cameo at St Andrews um, yesterday as well. In he got into some good positions, but didn't really didn't really actually kind of cause too many problems. Although we weren't, it was it was more a case of. Everyone just trying to do something at the time. It was there was no kind of real order to to proceedings. But on Wednesday, I thought I thought kind of everybody kind of showed showed up to an extent in the first half. And as we say, we I mean we could have had could have had three or four. It was interesting to see um, Van Dyke run, run a little bit ragged. By our reserves, that was that was uh, something I wasn't quite expecting. Unfortunately, Kanate kind of shut that down. Yeah, he was the Second half, he was yeah. he was out- outstanding. I thought, unfortunately, yeah. but yeah, I think the problem. I think the problem with playing our system against the top sides. I mean, yes, it was a weakened Liverpool side and all, and all this sort of stuff. But the problem with playing against um, sides that have got pedigree and they've got these top players, um, Champions League winners in their side is that while in the championship we're getting 70 to 80% possession against against teams we're able to tire them out late in games mm. and that's why we're scoring all 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 these goals in injury time and in the last 10 15 minutes of games on the flip side when we're playing against a side like liverpool even though we've had what feels like a lot of possession we don't it it was 50 50 so playing our style of our style of game meant that once we got to the out beyond the hour mark we were the tired ones um, because we weren't we're not used to um not having the time on the ball that that we've been having yeah. this season and it made it just made such a huge difference and you could see that the legs were just were just gone by yeah basically once that second goal went in it was like okay let's just um let's make sure this doesn't get embarrassing now
4: and were you surprised, Glenn, that we didn't chuck in a few of the younger players? Uh, I can't remember how many changes it was, but it, it got to the point where they were banging on about Liverpool's kids and we've got some of our best young players that were sat on the bench and and I was just thinking, well, just get them on as well. They might give it a better go.
0: Well, I think one of them would have come on if um, Walker-Peters had come on and then had to go off because he wouldn't have wanted Howard Bellis to have played that yeah. game. So, um I know Tyler Diblin was on the bench. I saw him. I don't know if Sam Amo was on there as Sam well. Sam it so, was, yeah. Yeah, so it it frustrated me a little bit that I was thinking of Tyler Diblin because he played really well in the last round. I was a bit frustrated he didn't get on. And I had to watch Sekumara for 95 minutes, who was absolutely done after about 60 minutes. And uh, yeah, Steve, Steve makes a very good point about players getting tired because um, – I mean Joe Reeves obviously been away at the Afcon where as we said a couple of weeks ago he didn't actually play that much and he's probably someone who needs to play a lot to keep his level of fitness up and I thought he was great for an hour mm. and then and then he died <laughs> and uh, he was sort of like partly responsible for that for the third goal it was just like a tired bit of play in the corner so uh, so yeah original question it was a bit it was a bit frustrating that we we didn't get the young players on but I I think I mean, it would have been great for the, for them to have experience at playing at a, you know a ground like that because that's the sort of thing you dream of when you're when you're a young kid coming through that you want to you want to you know get on and play something like Anfield even if you only play for five minutes or so. So it was yeah disappointing from that point of view. But uh, but whilst it was still one nil, I guess we still had half an eye on um, forcing extra time and and, yeah. and things like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, once once it went to two nil, the the, the Walker Peters thing happened directly after the second goal, didn't it? So, um, you at, at that at that stage, sort of making substitutions just to give young players a game was was probably out the window, and um, and and we you know we have to have an eye on the number of fixtures that we've had recently. So, uh, yeah. you know, Russell Martin mentions that all the time, and so uh, he probably thought it's it's better to um, you know to to not to not risk that and uh, take off the rotate the players who he thinks are going to be in the league side over the next uh, few weeks.
2: And I just
5: want to say that I thought Shea Charles' actually had an excellent evening, particularly yeah, in it, transition, moving the ball from the back line to the front. The amount of times he just sort of took the ball back to you know, the opposition goal and turned somebody in and played off, I thought he was really good. And it did make me think, you know, why we've been playing a slightly different way for the last two weeks when you've got that yeah. set right there. Um, but I appreciate it's different with League and Cup. Yeah, and,
4: and we've been asking that question for the last couple of weeks, haven't we? So um, I know, Alfie, it's easy to say when you win the game, but it sounded to me like Klopp was pretty complimentary about the, the style of play and,
5: uh, and Russell Martin and the Championship as a whole. Yeah, well, it's obviously his farewell tour, isn't it? So that everything is about him right now, um, and he obviously loves that. He actually, you know, this isn't very professional, me, but I was actually taking a photo of him as he came in for my friends, and he caught me taking a photo, and he just sort of smiled a little bit and did a little bit of a nod and a a bit of a Jurgen Klopp sort of thing. He was in good spirits. He said that, um, you know, he one one thing he said about Southampton was that the style and identity is obviously very clear with Russell Martin. He name dropped Russell Martin a couple of times, Um, but the one thing he also said, the the second thing he said rather, was that um, you know if Saints stay down this season, they'll be better going up. The Premier League the following year because they'll have played it for even longer. So, you know, I don't know how much Championship expertise he's already got, but he's already sort of maybe pigeonholing Saints for another season in the second division. But he was in good spirits. He was he was good about Saints. He was a uh, he was good value. Yeah. And um, will the selfie see the light of day? Is that going to? Uh... It's not a selfie. I wouldn't do that at Christ. It's just a photo <laughs> of him. Um,
4: yeah. Maybe. You're not. You're not the moose. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, thankfully. Uh, That's pretty much it for this week. Don't forget, you can follow Total Saints Podcast on all the social media platforms. We are at Total Saints Pod. It is great to hear from you throughout the week. It's going to be a busy week too. So if you want to get in touch, drop us a DM or maybe email us via the website if you've got something to share, then we do enjoy hearing from you. As I mentioned at the start, we've got the merch store. Do give that a little look. There's loads of new bits on there. It's shop.totalsaints.co.uk. And you'll also find us on Patreon. That's where you can support the podcast with the monthly contribution. contribution to patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast there are four tiers ranging from five pounds to twenty pounds per month and each of the tiers comes with those different perks including weekly shout outs for the patrons in our Francis Benali and our Mick Shannon tier so thanks to Dave Melton Mark Atkins Andy Hollis Anthony Thompson Saints in Exile Gavin Ford James Harron Nikki Nicholson Southampton NY Drew Dyer James Kibbe and Mike E who you'll find in our Francis Benali tier and also thanks to Colt Baker Dave Ernsberger, Ed. Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Nick Reed, Paul Stewart, Phil Horstrop, Matt Hall and Mark Littlewood, who are all in our Mick Shannon tier. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Alfie. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, we're going to be back on Thursday evening at 7.15 for that extra midweek pod. So we'll see you then for the live stream.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Confidence starts with loving who you are.